Welcome to Word of the Bay Podcast. I am Kyle. It's just me. <coughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff today. We got a lot to go over, obviously. Um, there's there's some there's some things going down with the Rays. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Actually, we're gonna get to that real soon. Um, Buccaneers are also in training camp, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like I'm. I am in no way excited for this training camp. In fact, it, it's kind of been like a <laughs> training camp start. Oh, boy. Um, first of all, I had no idea. It's, a, it's like Christmas. It starts earlier and earlier every year, right? Yeah, that's 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 substantiated by fact. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I just I failed to find myself being able to get up for another Buccaneers training camp. Uh, this year, especially given the whole suspension thing with Jameis Winston, I mean, wherever you, wherever you stand on the issue, it's just you gotta you you gotta admit that it's like uh, you just you, it, we're starting the year with too many question marks. Where we thought that this is the year that we would have some answers, but we'll get into that later. We're gonna get into that in about thirty minutes. But first, I want I I do want to talk about one big thing, and this also concerns the Bucks. But I'm gonna announce right here. That Ward of the Bay uh, is putting together their official Twitter movement, uh, and and uh, we're going to call our, our our fans. We're going to call them uh, not our fans, but rather uh, we're going to put a, together a Bucks fan movement. And what we're going to call them is the uh, hashtag uh, Bucks fans. Hashtag Bucks fans. Uh, if you want to be a Bucks fan, you just start watching Bucks games. Uh, if 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 you want to know how much being a Bucks fan costs, it costs about as much as basic cable. You know, you can you can you can uh, subscribe to your uh, local television station. You can watch Bucks games. That's what it takes to be a Bucks fan. That's what I'm telling you right now. Um, and yeah, we're, gonna, we're 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 you know training camp meetups from now until the end of training camp. Uh, in fact, regular season we're we're gonna we're gonna extend this all the way to the regular season. We're not just gonna do like a training camp meetup. How about every home game? Boom, boom. Every home game is a hashtag Bucks fan meetup. Um, that, that's what I'm going to give to you. So, <laughs> so let's start printing up the t-shirts. Let's go to Buccaneers.com. Let's, uh, let's, let, let, let's get the, uh, uh, hashtag Bucks fan trending. And you know what? If you don't want to join my group, if you don't want to be a Bucks fan, then you can, uh, you can go be something else. Go, uh, go, go, go talk loudly and carry a large, uh, 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 bludgeon. Um, you know, do something like that. <laughs> okay. So Chris Archer's gone. Chris Archer is now a Pittsburgh Pirate, and um, we've got a couple of prospects back. But let's let's kind of let's go through this thing one by one. Let's take this piece at a time, and let's talk about where it began. Uh, this all kind of began with uh, Matt Andrees, actually, who um, who we traded to the Diamondbacks and got back Michael Perez. He is a um, <sighs> He's a catcher who the Rays are actually very high on, and the Rays don't have a lot of catching prospects, mind you. Like the like we 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 just traded away Wilson Ramos, but you think about like the kind of guys that are coming up in the Rays system, and 
um, we have nobody. So Michael Perez kind of uh, maybe fills that hole that that Wilson Ramos left. Certainly not with his bat, but uh, um, you know he's got a lot of potential. That's the thing. He he, he does have potential, and there's a, there's there's sort of a theme that goes along with these uh, with these recent moves that I, that I, that I'm, I want to paint the picture of. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of the first move, and, and we got rid of Matt Andrees, and now. You know, the question is now, like, okay, we get rid of Andres, and it's like, well, who's pitching? Okay, well, okay, no, no, we got, we got, we got, uh, you know, we got Chris Archer, we still got Blake Snell, we got Yanni Torinos, and we got, uh, you know, you know, um, uh, you know, fucking guy, uh, Austin Pruitt, or, or, you know, Pruitt's coming off, um, Austin Pruitt, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's coming off the DL, so, you know, hey, hey, we'll be fine, yeah, get no respect here, um. They'll, 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 you know, it's fine. But then we go and trade Chris Archer, and now suddenly we have we have zero, we have zero starters. Who's starting? Who's starting baseball games for us now, guys? What the fuck's going on? Uh. Um, but sort of the uh, the the next thing. I don't know. If, uh, we're not going in chronological order, but I'm just gonna kind of go with uh, memory here. But Wilson Ramos. Is traded for uh, intermittent uh, task considerations, which I, which apparently are a good thing. I guess if I can explain those in any way, they would be um, it's it's money you can allocate towards international prospects, I, I, which I hear is a good thing to have. But then money, I guess money in general is a good thing to have. I don't I don't really know. Um, so we it's it's for it's for money, and then it's for. A player to be named later, which is essentially nothing. Which I know a lot of fans had, you know, took issue with that. I'm like, oh well, we, we you know we got nothing for Wilson Ramos, but we were the Rays weren't going to get anything. Like you, you got to think that, um, when it when it comes to the rest of the season, like we already know, um, that the that the Rays are they're done for the year really I mean we're, we're gonna win some, we there's there, there's still baseball games out there to win right I mean I, I still fully expect us to be somewhere right around that 500 mark but do you really think that we're, that we're peak this year do you really think that we're gonna be vying for a playoff spot no not at all um although holy shit we just I mean that sweep of the Angels was awesome I, I was at that I was at that game on Tuesday night and that home run that Mike Trout hit off the C ring, guys, the C ring, not the D ring, but the C ring. He he crushed that ball so fucking hard that Kevin Kiermeyer didn't even go back to the wall. He just stood there at the and looked up at the rings because he knew it was going to hit one of them. Like that's how hard he crushed that ball, dude. It was nuts to see. To watch a guy like Mike Trout play is 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 awesome. I think that's like that's one of the best parts of baseball to me because when it comes to football, right? Like, or when it comes to football and hockey, yeah, you see the guys play out, you know, down on the ice or um, you know on, on a football field, but they're kind of they're covered up with helmets and pads, and you don't really get a good look at it, and everything's happening so fast. With baseball, it's kind of interesting because. You know, you really, you can, especially in Tropicana Field, I mean, I can, I can, I can really in Tropicana Field, I can just go on the field and ask Mike Trout for an autograph and it would be fine. But like, seriously, you, I like, you can see like, you can go out there and you can see Mike Trout play or Mike 
not Mike Judge, but uh, Aaron Judge play or, uh, you know, fucking I saw Vlad Guerrero play there who just got voted into the Hall of Fame. Like, that is awesome. Like, that fucking crazy Vlad Guerrero played for the Expos and, like, uh, has that crazy, like, batting si- – oh, man. Guys, listen, I love me some Vlad Guerrero. When it comes down to it, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm supposed to, like, low-key not be cool with the Expos, but – that whole story of Montreal and the Expos was such a cool – it's such, like, an interesting story. And I really think – I do think Montreal got fucked on that whole thing. I mean, there but for the grace of God go we. And if the Rays go back to Montreal, that would suck. Or not back to Montreal, but if they go to Montreal, that would fucking – that would suck so bad. But at the same time, uh, I, you know, I kind of uh, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. I don't know. I don't know. Call me crazy. Um. But we're, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here because we got to talk about uh, the, the the huge news, guys. The 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 biggest news, um, maybe in the past, you know, few weeks. But I mean, the, the thing we all kind of knew it might happen, but never really saw happening, and that's of course the Rays acquiring Tommy Pham from the uh, the Cardinals. I mean, we traded away one of our one of our uh, better. Um, uh, outfielders in, in Durham. I, oh, God damn it. I, I had it the first time. Now I, I, I lost it the second time. It was like, uh, bear with me. Just hang on. Justin Williams. Or, right? Justin Williams? Something Williams. One of our center fielders or one of our outfielders. Uh, we, we traded them for, for, uh, um, this, uh, this fam guy who is, who I kind of love. He's kind of like, He's kind of no bullshit and um, Tommy Pham. He kind of says uh, what he wants to say. Let's uh, let's let's listen in. Oh, great! Yeah, that's 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 fun. Oh, here we go. Audio. Okay, now my uh, now that wants to happen. Okay, how about this? A young core of players, but it's three years of control of a guy we think has a potential to be an impact outfielder and a right-handed hitting outfielder at that. And that's that's something that you know you look through our system and what we have isn't necessarily there and ready to go. Irvin's probably the best. War- you know, did you know Neander's name until today? Like, did you really try to memorize it until not today, but this week, where um, suddenly he kind of makes makes it known? Okay, look. He's not fucking around and actually goes out there and gets some dudes. Word that uh, driven and motivated are the two words that you've heard most when we've talked about uh, former coaches, guys with the Cardinals, scouts, uh, former teammates, all of those things. Uh, Joey Butler reached out to me and, and had really good things, and that's what he said. Oh, Joey Butler, good. Hardest work he's ever been around. Very, very motivating. Just play the game the right way and play hard. Show up each and every day. Work hard. Prepare each each and every day. Uh, From what I hear, Tommy Pham is like a no bullshit kind of guy. Like he's, um, I guess he 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 had a good year last year. In fact, he finished eleventh in NL MVP voting. Uh, has kind of fallen off a little bit this year, but still um, is is a good player and is a good guy to have there. Kind of at the middle in the middle of that lineup. And 
is a piece to what I think is going to be a dynamic outfield. And there's there's kind of an overarching theme to these moves that I've noticed and that I think is very cool in that the Rays are doing this thing where they're not necessarily trying – they're not trying to win this year. And that's, that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier with, okay, we're not going to win this year because that's not what those trades and these, these recent moves say to me. They don't say to me, hey, we're going to win this year, but – but it definitely says that they're looking to win next year. They want that team next year and the year after, maybe the year after that, to go out there and compete. And I think that they've actually I th- – on paper, on paper, I think that they've actually done that. Now, these are young – these are young, promising guys. And you say, well, Kyle, who's – I mean, who's going to pitch? But – Think about this. You trade Chris Archer away for a guy that is kind of similar. He throws he throws a uh, you know he he throws a good fastball. Um hits around 96. Tyler Glasnow, he he just pitched today and pitched pretty well. He gave up a gave up a homer in the first uh, inning of uh, this this game, but still thought he pitched well. Um the Rays are actually going to convert him back into a starter, which is a little weird. Like you had, uh, <laughs> you know, you, he was a middle, uh, you know, long reliever. And now they're 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 converting him into a starter. So a little interesting. Um, which I wonder. I wonder what the what is that? Because if he's like one of their their best pitching prospects, could you imagine having your best pitching prospect play like? Long reliever is that is their rotation that good? Can it be that good if they're trading for Chris Archer, who is like Chris Archer is a two pitch kind of guy. Chris Archer has a fastball, then he has a slider, but like the slider isn't even that good. He never really developed a third pitch, and that was kind of the knock on him, and that's why everybody considers him like a like a low two high number three rotation guy. It makes you wonder. Make sure how good uh, the, the, this Glasnow kid really is. I mean, I, uh, I'm sure he's okay. I mean, he, I, they're, the thing is with, with the return on this is they're both young guys, high ceiling, um, and under team control. Uh, the other guy that we got is uh, Meadows, right? Uh, 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 um, Austin Meadows. So he he's going to be the guy that's going to round out that outfield when you when you talk about uh, the Tommy Fam, Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, and Austin Meadows outfield, it's going to be a pretty dynamic outfield in terms of both hitting and fielding. Like these are these are these are uh, three guys that are known to play well on both sides of the balls, the, the balls, bulls. Um, but certainly, you have Fam and Meadows who both hit for power. You have Kevin Kiermeyer who hits for you know uh, you know uh, 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 his weight. Uh, so I mean it's 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 going to be. It's going to be a, a pretty fucking solid outfield, and then you you add guys like uh, Jake Bowers and and Willie Adamas and, and Christian Arroyo. Oh boy, um, I think that's 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 a excellent combination. Also, we I, I didn't mention that Hedeni Hetcheria was uh was put on waivers, which I think is a good thing because I I love Hetch. Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Hetch, and I wish him the best. Uh, but I think his time is 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 done. Uh, with Tampa Bay, so you know I wish him well on whatever team he he, he lands on. So, 
There you go. Am I saying so too much? <clears throat> I'm sorry. This is the this is the second time I've had to do this segment of the show. I mean, fucking a. Lost the first time. Doing it again the second time. It's real fun, guys. Real fun. Uh, <laughs> we do have to talk about the Archer thing. We do. Uh, Chris Archer, of course, traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we've already we've already discussed the return. But just Chris Chris Archer leaving the area, uh, it kind of hurts. It, it it does suck to see him go to to Pittsburgh a little bit, a little bit. I mean, if I you know best possible baseball team for him to end up on. But if you if you think about it in the big scope of things, Pittsburgh, a team that uh, uh, it plays host to the Penguins and the the uh, the Steelers. Nah. <laughs> Now I'm kind of thinking, uh, kind of fuck Pittsburgh a little bit. Like maybe, uh, maybe go fuck yourself a little bit. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Ben Roethlisberger, like, oh god, he goes, like, he joins the likes of them. Think about that. Now Chris Archer is up there with with old. I don't even want to say it. Old Roethlisberger and uh, you know uh, Sid the kid. Doesn't that kind of make your stomach turn a little bit? It makes my stomach turn. At the same time, I wish him well. I do wish him well. I think I think he's a great dude. Um, he had all the best things to say as he was going out of town, except, and I don't know if anybody caught this, he did say that it's nice. It's it would be nice to play for a team that wants me. And I don't know how you want to take that. I certainly take that. I take that for the most part more as him saying, "Look at what the Pirates gave up for me." Like it's nice. Like it's it's makes me feel awesome. Like I'd feel I'd feel like the fucking man if like they give up all those prospects. And also, we 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 talked about Austin Meadows and we talked about uh, uh, Glasnow, uh, Tyler Glasnow, uh, but we didn't talk about there's a, there's a player to be named later who they said is like a, a significant player or like a player whose name we would know, which is like super interesting. Like who is that? Like, is it Corey Dickerson? Is it Sean Rodriguez? Like, those are the only two guys, like, off the top of my head I could think that, that Rays fans would know. Um, I I, I kind of think it's going to be Sean Rodriguez, but who knows? I, I mean, this kind of shit can go either way. Uh, as far as, like, you know, now they, now they say it's a player of significance, but who's it going to be later? Who knows? Um, but Archer. Seriously, Archer. We are going to miss him in the area too because he's he's a he's he's big in the area. Like uh, he, you know, he's got his his archway foundation. He does a lot of things and uh, for the kids and um, you know he does all the, like the reading for the kids, which I think is like again, is isn't it a little fucked up? Like sports where it's like um, okay, this athlete's going to visit every Wednesday or every other Wednesday when he's in town or every, uh, let's say like every Wednesday when he's in town, Hey, Chris Archer's going to come read some books. And, uh, now he's traded. Now he's traded. Forget your Wednesdays. How about, uh, how about we send out Matt Andrees? Oh no, he's traded. How about we fucking have Hedani Vahetchevaria? No. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here comes Yanni Chirinos. Maybe, maybe, you know, if Kiermaier were the man, he'd like pick up, He'd, 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 he'd pick him up. I think so. Or actually, I have to think those are like team-sanctioned events. So, yeah, there definitely would be like a fill-in if if Chris Archer couldn't make it that day. So, I don't know. Good for him. You know, it kind of sucks seeing, him, seeing, seeing how quickly he embraced it all where he was like, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, like, fuck you, Chris. Unfollow. 
unfollow, unfollow. Nothing against you. I just, you know, I can't, I don't know, I can't see it. I'm kind of used to it now. And I think every Rays fan, I think, is kind of used to it. Like, there's some, there's still, like, some that are all, all melodramatic about Evan Longoria not being on the team anymore. But I think the most part, I, the most interesting part of Rays fans in the last, uh, uh, you know, 10, 10 or so years is that, you know, when we traded away Garza on Twitter, it was just like, it was, it was like, oh, my God. Gars, Gars is gone. I mean, we, 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 we got all these prospects, but man, I mean, it's, it's like just this kind of like doom and gloom. And I guess it makes it kind of makes sense because at the time the Rays were still competing. So you thought you think like, OK, why are we trading this guy away? But then, you know, we had we had so much pitching back then at the time. Um, But now it's kind of like. The whole the whole consensus around Tampa was like, "Hey, we got to get fucking North around here. No, we got to get these prospects back. Like, you know, let's get what we can for him now, uh, while we, you know, while uh, he's still under team control and while he's pitching, you know, pretty solid. Uh, let's get rid of him now. So I don't know, kind of cool uh, metamorphosis of the Rays Tam or the Rays fan base. But here's the thing, guys, and this is this is sort of the overarching thing, and I've, I, I touched on this a little bit before. Uh, but the thing is, is all of these trades speak to me of, of the Rays aren't trying to win now. I mean, that's clear. The, the, they've, they've traded away so much starting pitching and so much pitching depth or like proven pitching depth, I should say, that it, it, it's pretty clear that the Rays don't want to win this year. But they're, they're, they're kind of getting ready for next year. Uh, that's that's that should be crystal clear to most. And it, and it is to me. But here's one thing maybe you, you haven't considered, but like you have guys like Archer off the roster. You have Longoria off. You have Wilson Ramos, who's, whose contract comes off. Suddenly you have this Rays team who you've traded for, who you want to keep together. I mean, you you got to imagine at this point, I mean, who's left to trade? I mean, maybe Matt Duffy, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some pieces. I don't know. But um, for the most part, I think you're going to see – mostly the same team return next year which is which was wasn't the case this year think about the roster that we had last year think about the the roster that we have now just a year later it is completely different top to bottom from from uh, almost from coach to player like the 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 only consistency here is Kevin Cash so it's a completely different roster but i think Neander has sort of this 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 thing where it's like okay Let's like let's let's build let's start building the consistency this year. Let's bring in some young guys who can kind of get used to playing at the major league level under no pressure at all. Okay, come in here, pitch for the Rays in front of ten thousand fans a night, and just you know go have fun. Uh, and then you kind of you go into next year where you hope to compete. Maybe the Rays, and I think this is what's going to happen. The Rays are going to add some some guys in free agency because they certainly have the payroll for it. And I don't. I don't think they're going to be players in, uh, they're not going to be players in free agency in a in a fucking New York or you know whatever sense but they're they're certainly going to be like in a raise sense they're going to go out there to try to pick to fill some holes in the free agent market and then go out there and compete next year with a young core of players for the next 2 years. And if by the year after next they're in the playoffs None of this matters as far as like, well, we traded Longoria and Archer, and oh my God, who is there left to root for? 
well, there's this young core of players who, guess what, just made the playoffs, and guess what, we're still averaging not that much attendance. Suddenly, that becomes like an argument for the stadium, where Stu can say, look, the team on the field is great, the ratings are great, the attendance isn't there. Guys, if we just funded my new $1 billion stadium, you know, you know, all this and more could be yours. Come on down! So, I, f- I feel like that's sort of what all of this is building to. It's building to that brand new stadium. They're, they're trying to put a team on the field that's going to excite the Tampa fan base and going to make it a little bit easier for them to justify uh, taking – a billion dollars out of the Tampa tax bed one way or the other. We're, we're buying that whole goddamn stadium if they're going to stay, let's be honest. And I still think it gets pretty, pretty, pretty dark um, before it gets uh, any lighter. But, yeah, that's it. Chris Archer, wish you the best. Uh, Matt Andres, fuck yeah. Fucking Wilson Ramos. You weren't Jose Molina, and um, let's go, let's go, uh, new guys. Let's go, uh, 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 you know, new guys. I don't know. I don't feel like looking at a computer. I don't. I don't fully know their names yet. It's fine. I'll learn them later. You can call me a bad baseball fan. Whatever. It's the, this is the second podcast I've had to record tonight. The first one was much better. I was much funnier and less drunk. It was a laugh riot. Anyways, what do you guys think of this whole um, Raymond James bit banning uh, cigarettes from their stadium? I think it's kind of ridiculous because because you're going to smoke either way. And did it ever did it ever really bother you in, in Raymond James Stadium? It's an open air stadium. Who fucking cares? Um, I certainly don't. Um, so th- this is this is a really exciting show for me because this is a guy that I've been wanting to get on the show for a long time, and I th- I don't know if I've said I've said this on the show a lot, but um, doing podcasting is something I've talked about doing, or you know at least Nick and I, my co-host, talked about doing for like a very very long time, and it, it never can kind of came to fruition until about five years ago. Well, back back five years ago, there was a guy who had been doing it way before us, and and I and I call him the Godfather of of Tampa podcasting, and and. He's 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 a very modest fellow about it because uh, you know anytime anybody gives him any kind of love he's he's always he's always very modest about it and and I that's something I really appreciate so old school from what the buck podcast welcome sir welcome finally to the show thank you very much I appreciate the uh, the very kind words it's good to be here and um I guess we we can get right into it because the re- the reason I had you on the show is to to talk Buccaneers training camp and we're we're hot and heavy into it, and I, I have to be honest, I'm not, like, super, super excited about it. I don't know if it's the whole suspension thing or what it is, but what are your feelings on it so far? Well, I have to kind of separate my personal feelings from the feelings as just a fan of the team. Uh, training camp used to be my favorite time of the year. Uh, I am a football addict, and so getting out and getting that close to the action was always something that was intoxicating. That's why I used to take a week off. Uh, from my normal job and drive down to Orlando when they were in Disney and cover it. And, you know, so training camp to me is always very exciting. Now, as I've aged and gotten closer to certain things, the shine has come off of some of that penny, um, but not necessarily because of the people that are in camp this year. And certainly not because of the, the suspension issue with Jameis. 
so if I just take that aside and put my normal fan hat on, I would be very excited. Yeah, there's a bit of a shroud with the issue with Jameis, but it's one issue. Other than that, when you look at the acquisitions in the offseason, especially with the way you know guys like JPP have looked and you know Bo Allen and Mitch on Ryan and these guys, uh, I would say that, that fans in general should be very excited about it. Let me tag up on that because you mentioned JPP, and from what I've heard so far, he's been a monster in camp, right? I mean, you've you've been out there and watched him. He has been an absolute beast, uh, but but not just physically a beast, not just on his reps, but he seems to be a student of the game. Uh, in between reps, he's coaching guys up. Uh, you know, during a drill, he's talking about the the specifics that would allow the guy who's coming up on the rep after him to do better against the offensive lineman across from him. Uh, now. You can get pretty close when you're in that media shoot at times, and you can hear some of the stuff, but you can't hear everything. But you can certainly watch the interaction. The only other guy that does that level that I've seen, well, there's two. Uh, you know, Gerald McCoy has always been that kind of guy. Yep. He even talked about in his presser the other day. Uh, but then I also noticed that Evan Smith was doing it the other day with uh, with a number of offensive linemen. Really? And if you if you've got guys in the trenches that are willing to share the experience that they have had and some of those tips and tricks and the what works for them. It, it can do nothing but make your squad better. Yeah. Do you, do you see him spending a lot of time with Noah Spence at all? Like I, I, Noah Spence is kind of one of those guys that uh, is very intriguing to me because he's, he's had sort of those years or, or at least, you know, he's had the, he's dealt with a shoulder injury, uh, never really got to where he could be effective as like a pure pass rusher. But from what I hear this year, I mean, okay, he's going to be put into that role of a pure passing pass rusher kind of guy. So I'm wondering if maybe, I don't know, JPP is giving him uh, some, some t tips or tricks or something like that. I don't know. I, uh, I don't see him uh, particularly calling out Noah. He seems to work sort of with everybody. Um, but when it comes to Noah, I've always said, you know, Noah's one of those guys who has freakish speed, freakish ability, from what I've been able to gather, and you know, I don't have any sources for this. I've just talked to a couple of other folks in the media. The first shoulder surgery was not done particularly well. Ah. The second was done correctly. Uh, he's wearing uh, the appropriate gear to try and keep that shoulder socket in place. So, I mean, I think that as far as uh, athletically, he's going to be physically as good as, as he's ever been. Now, he's also put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle, it looks like. Which, you know, the only real weakness in Noah's game was he was a one-trick pony. He had an outside move. Yep. And if you if you got used to that and you kick-stepped, you could negate his outside move. Now, by doing that, you spread your line a little bit. So it still was an effective thing for the Bucks to deploy because it allowed you to game plan a uh, linebacker into that gap. But, uh, but once he began uh, to become known for that outside move, he had to develop an inside move. And to be honest, it required him to be a little bit stronger. And we, uh, you know, I and Ren Dax from the Pewtercast also posted back-to-back -back reps with Noah where he had beat the pants off someone. I forgot who it was. It wasn't necessarily a starting tackle, but mm -hmm. still. Um, he beat the pants out of him, off him around the edge, and then he came back on the next rep, and you would have thought the tackle would have expected it, but he just got beat like he stole something on the inside on a nice arm over. So if, if Noah can round out his game that way, and I think that by having guys like the guys I mentioned around him, he'll be able to do that. And by having, you know, uh, Coach Buckner around that's so focused on the minutiae, I think it's going to make all those guys better. Is, is Buckner making his presence known in training camp? Do you really hear his voice when you're out there? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, he's a, the most vociferous, to go with a $5 word, uh, <laughs> coach we've had here uh, in, in many, many years. Uh, he is very clear about what he wants done and how he wants it done. He's very particular. He's very passionate. He is not a... 
Now he'll bark at you, right? And God knows Will Golson's gotten barked at every session that I've been at. Right. But Will Golson will tell you that, that Buckner's the best thing to happen to him, right? He knows that he's going to make him better, whether it's here or somewhere else. So that's always a sign of a good coach. That is. And, and I, 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 I'm super excited about the defensive line as far as like the upgrades that they made with, with, um, with Bo Allen and uh, Vinnie Curry and then kind of bringing in Vita Vey. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, on paper, right? On paper, it seems good, but we all, I mean, in Tampa, we kind of know the whole paper champs thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and uh, of course we've been the paper champs for the last, what, 10, 10 years or so. So, I mean, it remains <laughs> I, to be I, seen. Paper champs may be giving us too much credit over the last decade. <laughs> yeah, but maybe, yeah, I got you. Maybe you're right. Um, how, how about what about our secondary? I mean, I, I mean, we know what we know about our linebackers, right? I mean, I don't think much, much as there hasn't been much change there. But I think another big question is our secondary, where you have Brent Grimes, you have Justin Evans, and then that's kind of. I mean, you have you know the two rookies that we brought in this past year at corner. But I mean, for the most part, that's really it. And, and I think Pro Football Focus ranked us last or, or second to last uh, uh, in, in terms of secondary. What do you think about that? Well, the interesting thing is, and I'm one of the few people who actually likes pro football focus. A lot of people use them, but everyone seems to hate them. They're sort of the favorite whipping boy of all media. Yep. Um, but like my dad used to say, he stole it from someone else. There's liars, damn liars, and statisticians, right? Yeah. It can be used to paint whatever picture you want. And we were terrible in the secondary last year. But, but if you're going to evaluate the secondary, you have to evaluate the defense. Uh, you know, the secondary is definitely impacted by an absence of pressure, which we had last year. Agreed. We had massive injuries at key locations in the front seven last year, which led to that problem. And it's a set of dominoes. Now, that's not to say that I think we have a top five secondary just on athletic skill. I think Brent Grimes is still an underrated cornerback. I don't think he's the best cornerback in history, despite what others may say. But I think he's very serviceable as a cornerback. Conti is a serviceable safety, despite what people who don't understand football will say on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Justin Evans is going to impress people this year. He learned a lot last year. Second year, lots of tape. He's an athletic specimen. I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, well, fantastic for us. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you never know whether that's going to evolve into something more than that until you have the opportunities in the game, right? Because there's five plays a game or so that a safety gets to really make a big play, whether it's a safety blitz, you know, or whether it's you know uh, covering over the top and making the right play on the ball to do a pass right. breakup or a pick, the things John Lynch always managed to pull off, right? <laughs> Either the big, big hit that dislodged the ball or the pick or whatever at the right time when the safety has to do the damn thing they're paid to do, you need those safeties to do it. Yep. And then you've got the the wild card in Vernon Hargraves, right? Vernon Hargraves showed signs of, of talent last year, and I hope that the coaching staff is is able to leverage it. But I think all of this this entire cloud behind the seven will be made better by a defensive line who is being coached to get upfield aggressively and a linebacking core that when allowed to play and when healthy, those two things are important. Mm -hmm. That linebacking core can be really special. And I think that there'll be a lot of noise made this year about Levante David and Quan Alexander from people who don't know who the hell they are, which is a shame because yep. they don't understand football. Um, but they should be the ones thanking the defensive line because if that front four does what they're supposed to do, we will be seeing Levante David and Quan Alexander on a lot of covers. Yeah, I, th I and I think uh, Mike Smith gets a bad rap because I mean certainly like he had his shortcomings last year, and I think we got, he got exposed a lot in terms of okay maybe maybe this wasn't the the bill of gold uh, the bill of goods that we were sold with him, but at the same time he like you said we had we had so many key injuries up front, um, and so much of what makes Mike Smith's defense good is being able to generate that pass rush i mean if you remember the the you know the year before last where um 
we had we went on that run towards the end of the season. I mean, that was all built, that was all based off of how well our defense was doing and how uh, well we were able to generate pressure. So I think he I think he kind of gets a bad rap. And I think this year, I I, I completely agree. I think our defense um, is going to be sort of the the uh, the shining stars. It's and certainly in these first three games. I I honestly think that we win one of these games, if not two. I think I think people are kind of um, sleeping on us a little bit for the first three games. What would you think? Well, you you know, you've been listening to me for a while. I think anyone who makes predictions on the first three games of the season at this point, we haven't seen a single real game. Well, I guess right now the first real game is being played uh, in Canton. Yeah. Uh, are just full of shit, right? I mean, it's it, yeah, you can. there's three games. So you can pick one, you know, zero, one, two, or three as the number of wins or the number of losses. So you've got a pretty high percentage of being right. It's just a small number. It's just math. Right, so uh, we don't know what teams we're going to face. We don't know who's going to be playing across from us. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to anticipate these things. Now, to worry about the Saints, a team that we've shown an aptitude to play both in good and in bad years, is silly. It's just silly. If, if you don't think our team has gotten better, now, do I think we're better with Ryan Fitzpatrick than Jameis Winston? No, I don't. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a serviceable backup, veteran presence, plays plays the game well and intelligently. If our offensive line can give him time, he will be the field general he is paid to be. Right. Right. But for people to write off the Saints game is just stupid. So there's one of the three, 33% of your bet already. Right. Right, right. So, uh, but I also don't give a shit what anyone thinks about us or, or whether they give us respect, quote unquote, or anything. Respect is earned, not given. Absolutely. Go out there and win some games. You know, all the Bucks fans are like, why are people disrespecting us? Because we have sucked for over a decade. <laughs> yeah, we've done nothing to earn respect. Wear it. Yeah, exactly. Wear the disrespect, okay? You have every right to wear it, and you can wear it with it as a badge of honor. Say, yes, listen, we've been miserable. It could be worse. We could be Cleveland. Exactly. I, I don't know. I would say that we kind of are Cleveland of, like, the, the NFC, but, uh, I mean, you know, whatever. Um yeah, I, I I would tend to agree with that too because also the the first three games are kind of like it's kind of like that weird feeling out period period in the NFL. I mean, those are the kind of the, the of course like logically those are the three games you remember the least at the end of the season. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, like you said, it's a it's kind of a crapshoot to me in my mind because nobody nobody knows anything. We have no, nobody's even played it down yet, so. Um, and then you remember how good we looked on the first game the last two years. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then petered out. Mm-hmm. So how's how is that? The how are the reps? That was kind of the big interesting thing for me in camp is like how okay how's Dirk Cutter going to handle these reps because you have you know you have the the issue with the, the suspension so you got to get Ryan Fitzpatrick used to um, the first team offense but you, you also can't you know you have to have your franchise quarterback out there to to get used to him as well I mean it's uh, I don't know how do you how do you see that being handled? I mean, I, I know I've read about it, but like you personally, like how do you how do you, have you seen that um, go so down? So it's it was funny when the training camp reports came out early. Everyone was like, I can't believe the disrespect to Jameis. He's taking third team reps. Your first two quarterbacks for the first three games are named Ryan. Right. Yeah. Right? They've got to get the reps. But Coach Cutter came out today and said that if you count the reps because of the third team reps and because Jameis also hops in and takes first and second team reps, he's actually had more reps than any other individual quarterback. It's not easy. There's a certain number of reps you get in a given practice, and that's just the way it works out. Is it inconvenient? Yes. Does it put us at risk down the road? Yes. Someone said, I think it was Cook on the show that we did last night. Uh, it might have been JC. You know, with with the short week and then the bye week coming out of week four, it may make sense just to hold this course if things go well until the bye week, and then you make the switch over. Right. Uh, because that gives you an entire week to plan for it. But at the end of the day, 
you know, numbers is numbers, as they say in Polk County. You only have a certain number of times you can throw the ball. Jameis stays 30 to 60 minutes after every practice slinging the ball around. He's been throwing the ball since he was negative eight. Uh, he hasn't forgotten how to do it. I, I wonder uh, – I don't know. There hasn't been much talked about this, but this this new indoor training facility, I mean, I've been, I mean, Bucks fan for life here, I, I – know that every year training camp comes with this whole well they didn't go out today because it's raining or well off day because of thunderstorms or they had to bring it in early because of these the clouds well that's not happening this year i i i think that we see like a a a better prepared buccaneers team coming out into the uh into the first game of the season would you agree with that well i think they certainly don't have that excuse anymore right they don't have to stop doing reps because of the weather which is useful that was a pain in the ass for sure so getting getting the indoor facility helps that without a doubt now, whether the team is going to be more prepared, I don't know, right? Because just because you get reps doesn't mean you're getting quality reps. And to be honest, True. I still think training camp lacks a little bit of pep. But I was brought up in the John Gruden school of training camp where you ran from period to period. It was a little bit of a different world. That doesn't mean that it's right. It just means that I was – that's what I kind of came up on. Coach Cutter uh, runs a little bit more laid back of a, of a camp, uh, to be honest. So it's, it's hard to say. You'll certainly get more reps. You'll – you will lose fewer days due to mother nature. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I heard Chucky, he said, uh, what, what did he say this week? That if he, if he doesn't get it done, he'll give all his money back. Like he'll, he'll give his entire, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, good. Have fun with that. Which Listen, I, I saw a picture of Morton Anderson up in Canton today. And I think Chucky may be trying to sign him. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. I, I mean, he's, ugh. He's doing his old thing, and and I that could work. Actually, it could work for the team that's in Oakland there right now. I mean, I, I could see that working out for him. Certainly not long term, but I mean, the guy knows how to motivate his players and get the most out of his the guys that he's putting out there in the field. So we'll see. We'll, we'll get a chance to see, which would be nice. Speaking of getting the most out of uh, your players, Deshaun Jackson is kind of taking a renewed interest in I don't know uh, everything. I guess I don't know. He's just kind of trying to be. A turnover new leaf from last year where he had, had sort of a disappointing season. I'm not, I'm not saying he was like, you know, he wasn't there, but I don't know. It seemed, just seems like he's more present this year. He showed up in OTAs, and he's really trying to make a difference. Um, do, you, do you see that in, in, in his training camp? No. I no? saw Deshaun Jackson last year, too. Really? Uh, he seemed very involved until we started to fall apart. When we started to fall apart, he didn't get targets. He did what receivers who get a lot of targets do, and he started to turn off a little bit. Uh, that's as much on you know Coach Cutter and the offensive play calling as it is on Deshaun. Uh, you know, you you brought him in here to catch a lot of footballs and get a lot of touchdowns. That's what he likes to do. Uh, and when he doesn't get a chance to do that, he's going to get pissed off. Yeah. And, and and that's not a mystery. Like that's not. Oh my God, I can't believe he got mad when we we didn't get him. You know, six looks a game. Guess what? That's what he wants. Right. Right. And there's only one football. You've got him. You got Mike Evans. Right. Now you got Chris Godwin, who's just playing like a freak. You still only get, you know, 40 to 50 plays. It was So, so I mean, at, at the end of six games, depending on how we're doing, we'll find out where Deshaun Jackson is. He's a good guy. He's always been super friendly. Yeah, He's yeah, great yeah. with kids, you know. It was that whole W thing, man. After that, it was all—it was just like just all over for Deshaun Jackson. You like they—you saw his face in that screen cap, and I know like screen caps are what are what they are, but I just saw it. I'm like, oh man, he hates it. You get you you get Deshaun Jackson a 200 yard game after that, and you never ask that. That's question. true. That is true. I, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is all about catching the ball and getting stats, and not in a bad way. Like I'm not saying he's a merc, right? But Deshaun knows what he's capable of doing. He comes to camp and gets his ass busted all the time in order to do it. And, and you know, we're running end arounds to guys that are 
slower than he is and we're you know he's getting 12 yards of cushion and not getting the ball in his hands where he can create you know extra yards in space yeah i mean he's gonna get pissed off he's not a rookie he knows the difference he's been in systems where they took advantage of the skills he has if if you're a betting man who do you think wins this this battle at running back do you think it'd be rojo or do you think peyton barber gets peyton the nod barber. really hmm yeah yeah peyton, I, peyton, peyton barber till rojo shows he can pick up blitzes consistently and catch the ball out of the backfield and it, it's there's no magic there i'm not a soothsayer um you know, college guys have they struggle with that typically. So if he yeah. shows repeatedly when he gets his opportunities, when he gets his ten plays, if he gets in there and he, he grades out real well on blitz pickup and he grades out real well in the in the passing game, then he'll get more burn. You know, but Peyton Barber has earned the opportunity to, to get the burn. He came in in incredible shape. So the thing they can't do is allow insert running back name here to get a quarterback killed. Right, right, right. Especially with, you know, when we're starting our back for the first three weeks. I mean, yeah, that's that Correct. does not spell good things. That, that yeah, that's that's um, I guess not surprising. What about the, this offensive line? Uh, Donovan Smith got a lot of flack, or uh, would you say flack? But I mean, I know uh, I think Pro Football Focus again rated Donovan Smith one of the worst left tackles in, in the game, um, and I know that they, um, you know, we've got Ryan Jensen and we got Alex Kappa now. I mean. How do you see that working out? Do you see Donovan being the guy there? I mean, do you, I know they've been, been – Yeah, and neither of those guys play left tackle, so he's safe. Um, oh, I'm so, okay. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just being a smartass. Uh, I, I think Donovan uh, gets a little bit of undue grief. Um, the problem with Donovan is when he takes his plays off, whether it's intentional or not, um, they're usually bad. Yeah. And uh, I watched it the other day just in one-on-ones. I watched him dominate four or five guys in a row – and then get beat by a guy whose name I don't know. I mean, beat badly, soundly. Hmm. Uh, and it's like every once in a while, his brain just turns off. And there's no, so, there's like no fixing that, right? I mean, that's no. Well, there is fixing. There, there is fixing that if he wants to fix it, right? That's a matter of want right. to and attention. He's physically got all the tools in the world. I think he's better than people give him credit for, including Pro Football Focus. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that he'll get better because he's got Allie next to him. Uh, they work well together. Not different than when Davin Joseph and Jeremy Trueblood played next to one another. Right. Uh, you know, you work as a tandem over there. Uh, and with a renewed interest in the running game, I think that you can get him an advantage that he just hasn't had recently. So, I don't know. I, I think the offensive line in general got better with Sean, with Sean Jensen coming over. You get a top-tier center who's also a top-tier leader who can make everyone better. You get Ali back to his natural position, though he did well at center. Yeah. There was no slight to him. I think the dude... Uh, Ali, he's, a, he's a fantastic guard. That was just awesome, so. man. He's awesome inside. It's just that's... He's... I don't know. I love him. Everybody he's gets... Just beat people up, right? What we what we started to do is build a team of offensive linemen who like to beat people up yeah. in a good way. And so the real question will be who plays right guard. If they do that platooning crap, we talked about it last night on the show... And as I understand it, Ren Dax from the Peter cast asked the question and was told that platooning is not out of the question hmm. for anyone who cares. And I know that I don't have nearly the knowledge of any of the Bucks coaches who are professionals at this, but it is my strong, firm opinion that platooning at the offensive line at any position is fundamentally stupid. Why? Why? Stupid. Well, what makes you think that? I mean, I'm just a I'm asking because I don't know. I mean, like, what? what? Because it's about dancing. Offensive line and defensive line is not about one player. It is not five one-on-ones, no matter what anyone tells you to do. Right. Significantly not if you're doing zone blocking, right? You are working in tandem all the time. 
So the more you get to play next to a set of people, the better you are playing next to a set of people. Hmm. That's just the way it works. So if you continually shuffle the guys out, they don't get any better. If this system made sense, right, then teams would spell offensive linemen because they get tired. A long drive. True. Hey, spell yeah. the left tackle. He's gassed. Yeah. It just it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like when you say, "Oh, they've got two really good quarterbacks." If you've got two good quarterbacks, you don't have one. Yeah, it's like the whole Baltimore thing. Like, what are they? What's going on over there? <laughs> they, they're going to do like that whole double quarterback thing. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I it, and and I think you're you're right. I mean, I don't know. I I try to trust the coaches and. You know, make the, make make what you will of that because a lot of people don't even trust the the head coach there. But I mean, if they're going to platoon there, and not maybe it's like just like platooning first base, right? I mean, you still got to know where to be on the base pass. <laughs> yeah, but first first base doesn't really impact second base. <laughs> true, it's true. It's like right? it's it's kind of like the shortstop uh, uh, second base. Um, uh, right, that's a better better analogy, certainly. But if I'm combo blocking with my right tackle and I'm a right guard, and I have to know that when I get to the second level, I've got to make sure that I cover the mic because the mic's inside of my center line, right? The tackle has to believe that I'm going to do that because he's got to take the right-hand side. This is all about choreography. Right. Now, you have to get good at it. Not only that, but you know how fast – I mean, you've, you've played next to yep. a guy so so long that you know how fast, you know kind of what his moves are, where he's going to – yeah, so, I mean, that it makes total sense. I mean, I get what you're saying. So, um, what else? I think that's it. We kind of covered everything, which is great because I, I didn't want to okay. take up too much of your time and I was already late. So, um, you, you so graciously uh, uh, were patient with me and um, – No worries. So, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what do you th- well, throw it up or do, what do you think this year? I mean, do do like maybe over under? Do are, are we over eight wins, under eight wins, right there at the middle? What do I you never think? Never make predictions until after preseason. Ah, good man. I don't like to. I don't like to throw a prediction on it either. Um, but in, I guess in the past couple of years, I have been doing that, and it's not worked out so great. So I think I think our team has more talent this year than they did last year, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think I think you you, you see an improved Bucks team before you improve from last year. Now where we go from there, ah, who knows? I mean, it's, it's the, the the pantry got better. Let's see if the chef can use the pantry, and let's make sure that things don't go bad. I like right? that. Injuries were a real thing last year, right? Yeah, they were absolutely real. And that makes it hard. Like, if I go to the pantry and I don't have any, you know, garlic powder and all I've got is garlic salt, now I'm in a problem. i got to figure out how to use garlic salt instead of garlic powder, and I've got to, you know, adjust my salt ratio. Things get crazy. So, you know, you got two things there. you got the chefs, and then you've got the pantry. And last year the pantry got decimated, and the chefs didn't do a very good job with it. Right now the pantry got a whole hell of a lot better right. in a lot of places. Exactly. They dry-aged the steaks. They put a nice rub on it. They got it ready. There you go. Okay. Listen, got- I try to rub my meat as often as possible. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a long time coming, so uh, thanks for that. And uh, my yeah, pleasure. that's it. Cool. I think I think I'm going to call that a show. Clearly, guys, did you like that transition from from sober Kyle to drunk Kyle? I thought it was pretty swallowed. Swallowed. Great. Yeah, you sound good at the end of the show, man. You sound great at the end of the show. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Um, in closing, Lightning, you're doing good. Not going to sign Matt Carlson. Actually, preseason starts up, like, really fucking soon, right? Like, single game tickets are on sale. Uh, things are heating up for both the, 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 the NFL and the NHL, which is outstanding because, holy shit, it's like it, this is this is tough. It's tough. The, the, the dog days of summer. You got baseball, and that's that's just about it. 
but still, I think you know they kind of Bucks kind of keep you involved in a, in a way. So, um, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to go to Patreon.com/slash Word of the Bay if you like our show. Uh, thank you to Old School for coming on the show. I it, it's seriously, it has been a long time coming. The dude is a consummate professional, and I feel like shit because I made him wait until like I I, I was twenty minutes late to the uh, interview. So. Um, he was very gracious, very good, very cool about it. And again, like maybe the coolest dude um, as far as in the podcasting community that I know. Um, listen for me on the 32 Fans and 32 Days podcast. I'm doing that on Monday, so I'm sure that's going to come out pretty soon. I Now this, this is going to be like my fourth year doing that, and it they, they kind of feel like relatives I see every year on Christmas where it's like, okay, hey, how's the kids? Oh, great. You know, oh, you brought the uh, you brought this again. Cool. Uh, so how's the job? Oh, job's the same? Yep, yeah, okay. Jameis Winston? Oh, yeah, still a piece of shit. Still, still definitely a piece of shit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we got Mike Evans and – uh defense might be good we'll see we'll see you know uh you know how's your team how's your t- how's your team going uh yeah I, I i have anxiety to be honest to, uh to, to start the football season i don't know how to feel because ooh, i don't have great feelings on the bucks and then you know it's it's like watching games is going to be strange and i don't know still a bucks fan through and through still going to be there until the day i die so whatever thanks everybody make sure to become a buck fan hashtag buck fan on twitter uh don't forget our signature chant of go bucks and uh we love you guys see you next week i have been kyle